Welcome back to Homeless But Human. I am Blake with my co-host. Hey everyone, it's Shayla. We have a very fun episode today. We are going to dive into the lives of the missionaries in their daily life. That daily routine that we get so many questions about. I think it's one of our biggest questions of what did the missionaries' lives look like. So (laughs) with us today, we have Stephanie and Chaz. So... Stephanie, what's hey, everyone? Hey, there she is. <laughs> Stephanie, what is one of the you know, one of your favorite moments from this week? Yeah, so there's this running joke with my friends that spaghetti is going to fall on my head. <laughs> mm. On so, the, your friends on the street? No, 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 sorry. Oh, okay. community, in the community members. All right. Yes. All right. So there's a morning that I woke up and I like felt something on me and I <laughs> opened my eyes and then all of a sudden a ton of spaghetti noodles comes flying at me and it might have been the favorite memory of the year. Maybe. <laughs> that was your wake up. Yes. And it was the best wake up ever. It was seriously the best because this has been a running joke since maybe October, November. So it was just special to wake up. <laughs> and now it's like the photo for the women's group chat is me holding all of the spaghetti in my hand. <laughs> yeah. I was so. not expecting that. No, not at all. I mean, I was expecting just one of those moments, you know, like holy or prayerful or some encounter on the street. I can give you another. I can't give you another. No, no, it's great. Well, yeah, I mean, I that one. If it's the favorite, it's the favorite. If it's the favorite, it's the favorite. Chaz, what's been one of your favorite moments this week? This week, it was probably in lunch with Steve at Lunch in the Park. Steve is one of our friends that has housing, and he is a huge Grateful Dead like he's a deadhead. Oh, wow. He's all about yeah, their concerts. He he's been to like 27 of them back in the day. And him and I were talking about servant leadership. Something that Steve really struggles with is admitting that he's a true leader. And so it was really cool at lunch in the park to kind of push him a little bit on that issue and hear what he actually thinks about being a leader and how he's a leader for others in the community and for hopefully his new website slash uh, company that he's starting soon. Cool. Wow. That is awesome. Very yeah. wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> Compared to the spaghetti falling from the sky. <laughs> we cover all sides here. Yeah, we cover so. all sides. Well, speaking of morning routines, Stephanie, we are going to actually take you all through a normal average day, which isn't normal or average at all at Christ in the city of what the missionaries go through. So we're going to start from right when we wake up and then right when our head hits the pillow at the end of the night. But first, Stephanie, just wanted to ask you, what time do you wake up? I know, I know we have morning prayer at 6.30 a.m. sharp. And so are you the one that, you know, takes your time in the morning? Maybe you have 20 minutes, 30 minutes. Or are you like the 6.28 wake up, you know, rolling out of bed right into prayer? Honestly, I'm very <laughs> different every day. I would say most days at the beginning of the year, I woke up for something called Coffee Club, which starts oh, around nice. 6 a.m. Mm. And uh, I'll wake up around 5.50 for that. But as the year has gone on, I maybe make that once or twice a week now. And I mm-hmm. mostly sleep in instead. But honestly, every day is different. In the morning, I kind of like it that way. <laughs> yeah. 6 a.m. Coffee Club. Tell us a little bit more about that. 
Yeah, Chaz also goes, so we have Ooh. two coffee club members here. We just brew coffee the night before, like set on a timer, and we all sit around and mostly just talk about our dreams that we had the night before. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> as we drink coffee before morning prayer, which is really nice typically if I can make up for that just to be more aware from morning prayer because it is hard if you wake up right before and kind of go down and start praying. <laughs> right, right. But uh, yeah, Chaz, I, I hear you have hardly ever miss morning prayer i hear you're one of the most steadfast morning prayers in the community <laughs> yeah. is, is this I true mean, yeah i would i would say it's partially true Amazing. I, I think i only missed a couple times mm. yeah. it must be coffee Pretty club faithful. right it's it's all about coffee club if i didn't have that coffee in the morning there's no way i'd be there on time <laughs> yeah i love the fulton sheen quote you know about yeah. you know every american catholic needs that cup of coffee before they meditate. for the, yeah before they meditate do that holy hour <laughs> so for the morning prayer you have 6.30 morning prayer and then a holy hour. What Walk us through quick. What is what is morning prayer? How, do, how does that work? Yeah, so morning prayer is it's one of these hours that is a part of the liturgy of the hours, which is a type of prayer that the church preaches that allows for the church to pray for the salvation of souls. Mm. And so morning prayer is the hour that focuses on the resurrection. It's a new day, the new beginning, the newness of life. And so while you're praying, uh, morning prayer as a group, as a community, we're learning to pray together and then also seeing how what we do in the chapel can reflect how we live our lives on the streets and how totally. we can truly minister to our friends. Mm -hmm. And so we begin with morning prayer and sometimes we, there's a hymn that you sing at the start of it. We're not always <laughs> really great at singing that hymn. In key. It could be. <laughs> 630 is tough. 630 is a little tough. <laughs> there, Steph could sing voice. Morning is Broken for us. That's, a, that's one of our favorite hymns we got. But uh, then after morning prayer, we go straight into praying our holy hour. And you can either sit in the chapel, you can go out in the hallway. But it's just ultimately to begin the day with the Lord and be filled with him. I think my favorite thing about morning prayer is how intentional we are about praying for our friends or people back home during the intentions. It's just yeah. really special how how much we pray for those that we love, our friends in the streets, our family, whatever is going on that week. And yeah, it's just really special to lift up our prayers as a community together that way. Yeah. How important is that to like set up your day? Like just to start off early. I know I'm not a morning person, so that, that would be really tough. And so, yeah, how important is that for like, for you guys individually, but like for the program? I think it is essential yeah. uh, to be rooted in prayer and everything to flow from that. You know, we love because he first loved us and just starting each day receiving that love so that we can then go out and love our community or our friends on the streets, whatever it may be. Uh, yeah, it is very essential, and it's really nice. When I was in college, it was hard to always have a consistent prayer life, I would mm -hmm. say, but here it's just really beautiful as a community having that together, the consistency of that. Yeah, and it's already built into your day. Mm -hmm. And let's be honest, that after that, there's so much that can change in the schedule. Oh, yeah. But you have that prayer, mm -hmm. right? You have that anchor to start your day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, every day looks a little different, but that, that prayer is always there at the beginning, mm -hmm. which, is, which is awesome. So then next, y'all have breakfast, right? Oh, yeah. So breakfast, can I hear there can be some very interesting breakfasts that have, that have come out of, out of this place. Is that Bison. <laughs> really? <laughs> that was like the best breakfast or the funniest <laughs> to me was when we had bison meat for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. 
How did did they like like make like bison bacon or what? What is that even bacon? I don't know. Is honestly. it bison sausage? Almost? Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, it, it actually wow. tasted really good, but we it was kind just of put silly. It, all the meats together mm-hmm. and had like a mystery meat. Mm-hmm. So, and you guys have like cook teams, right? Yeah, so we all cook with every single person in the house at different times throughout the year, but we're split into about three people that cook each meal. And so usually we're jamming out in the morning, having a great time while cooking some random food that we have left over Mm. because we don't have a lot of like the core breakfast essentials. So we get really creative with our breakfast usually. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So most of the food that we do eat like might like be past its best by cell date. And so we can look and learn how to see if food really is out of date or not. We do the smell and taste test, but ultimately most of it is still really, really good. Mm -hmm. And we don't have too many horror stories. So yeah, it's pretty interesting sometimes when you're like, Oh man, this says, you know, last week was the best by cell date. Is it good still? Is it not? Mm -hmm. But most of the time it's, you know, you just do the quick test and it's still really, really good. So. And I think it's beautiful to be in solidarity with, our friends as well in that way to be receiving uh, donations and in a sense, giving up our preferences in yeah. what we're eating. Uh, yeah. So I think it's something we can unite with our friends on the streets as well. Mm-hmm. And that's really cool. I've learned a lot about food too, just from, from being on staff at Christ in the city, just learning that like, okay, just because it's past its shelf life doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. And our, our country can, can waste a lot of food that yeah. isn't necessarily bad. Um, that has maybe a still couple, a couple weeks of life to it. So Absolutely. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So every Monday we have food truck, which is basically a donation from a local church that I think this is right. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> the food bank of the Rockies actually is where it originally comes from. Yeah. And then, we, yeah, sort it out on Monday and kind of plan out our meals actually going forward, which is really helpful as well. Absolutely. We really don't go hungry whatsoever because we get so much unique, creative food, staples. We can, you know, supplement what we don't get, but it is truly remarkable. Right. And that what generosity we get to partake in that, like you guys said, to to join in on a spirit of poverty. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. All right. So your belly is full. You just had breakfast and now it's time to head to the streets. What are some things that you grab right before you head out of the house? And then what street route are y'all on? So we are both on 20th street, which is the best route ever. There's six teams that hit the streets and we all have just different routes throughout downtown Denver here. And teams vary on numbers anywhere from three to six or seven. Uh, which is awesome because both men and women are on each street route. And so it's awesome to see the complementarity of Mm -hmm. when we walk with each other and seeing the differences of how our friends uh, receive us in that aspect of being both men and women walking together. But yeah, before we head on the streets, we just make sure we (laughs) have our street clothes or and then grab our like essentials that we'll take to maybe hand out or take a blanket, a sleeping bag. If one of our friends kind of asked us the day before that they really needed one of those the night of, so we can just take kind of whatever out with us Mm -hmm. in that aspect. Mm -hmm. 
I like to take my yo-yo out with me. Nice. And I actually have started to get a reputation on our route as the yo-yo girl. I've been called that a couple times wow. now. Yeah, she has yeah so it's actually really special, but I just keep that in my pocket of my jacket. And I also like to bring other fun things like cards. If you want to play cards with a friend or like silly hands, sticky hands, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Just like yeah. fun things. And I have really, yeah, it's just specific memories with these <laughs> toys almost on the streets. What about your glasses? Really oh yeah, I also had these glasses with a mustache on them at one point. Nice. I've gone through a lot of fun things, but. How do the homeless yeah. react to that? They usually like it, honestly. Yeah. I have so many funny stories. Or like this one time I was carrying a stick with me and it was not a walking stick. It was literally like a whole tree branch with so many things on it and just everyone was laughing at it as i walked by and they were like it's like you're carrying a whole tree <laughs> and i just think it's it's almost a boundary breaker you know when, oh, yeah, when you yeah. start talking to someone and you're wearing something funny or you have a yo-yo you know people are like i haven't seen that in so long and yeah it's just a uh icebreaker in a way but it what a special. fun way to engage a new person, right? Yeah. It's like, you know, hey, I have a yo-yo. When was the last time you, like, mm -hmm. you know, like kind of having fun with that and just the little things in life bring back so much like joy or memories or even that chance to be childlike in a good way again. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. Even approaching someone um, in the first place can be intimidating at times. Like, is that something that comes um, naturally to you guys? Yeah. I mean, we both, I think, are pretty natural at just kind of going up and talking to people on the streets and we enjoy just having great conversations with anyone and we have a wide variety of in like things we enjoy talking about. So our conversations can go anywhere from conspiracy theories to sports, to politics, to philosophy, to like just any different random topic that a lot of our friends are also interested in. I don't think it always was that way for me though. Mm -hmm. Actually at the beginning I did a summer of service before I did a year. And I remember that summer was very challenging for me. I had never talked to anyone on the streets before. And yeah, there's just a lot of nerves surrounding it. Yeah, I did like random people, I would say at my college, but it's yeah. very different, obviously. So mm -hmm. yeah, I think all summer, I really struggled with it and challenged myself a lot in that way. But I would say now it becomes a lot more naturally if not only with people on the streets, but just everyone. <laughs> it came through practice, yeah, right? Practice right. and yeah. repetition. It makes sense, right? Even... Yeah. Even for our year-long missionaries, you know, when you start, it is not always the most comfortable thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember saying people would tell me over the summer was embrace the awkward. It was yes. something so small, but I still think that often, you know, it's mm -hmm. just embrace the awkward and it's very human. It's very natural. And it's uh, something that you just need to learn to embrace and push through. And yeah, it still happens all the time, but I kind of like it maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's very human, right? <clears throat> yeah. Do you guys have any pre-ministry rituals that you always try and do right before you go out onto the streets? Yeah, we always pray. <laughs> we start our walk in prayer. And then at the end, something that I love our team does is a thumb check. It's pretty oh, simple. Yeah. We either give a thumbs up, middle or down, just to have an idea of how we're mm. all doing. And we can be there for each other in a more intentional way well, that is such a good idea yeah mm -hmm. that's cool and then you don't even have to say anything <laughs> yeah yep. oh, that's such a good idea Did, how have you seen that benefit your your street ministry just those around you and entering a hard situation knowing how you're doing oh it's so helpful because 
ultimately you're seeing where each other is at and you can ultimately see what their needs are for, for that day. And so if I'm not doing well, even if it's hard to tell another person that it's so much more helpful to see, okay, you're not doing well. I can be there for you in this way, or, okay, this could be a tough encounter. Maybe we shouldn't enter into that because of where you are at right now. Mm -hmm. And it's just helpful to help each other and each other's needs. Yeah. I think a specific way I've seen it help as well. We have six people on our team, which is three men and three women. And on days that either more team members are struggling, we don't split into pairs, one man, one woman, but we'll do three and three instead to just almost give more of a buffer room of Mm. encountering people. And yeah, yeah, it takes the pressure off of just two people. Mm. That's awesome. It seems like you guys know your, your team and your route fairly well. Oh, for sure. Yeah. As the year goes on, I'm sure you have so many stories, so many people that you've, you've met. Yeah. What are, what are some highs? What are some lows of street ministry? I'm sure not every day is a walk, walk in the park, you know, a walk on the street. That's just amazing. But what, yeah. If if there's any stories that you'd want to share or maybe just like experiences that you would like to share with, with our listeners. Yeah, so a story that is very recent since after winter break is with our friend Robert. We met him the day that we got back from winter break, and he was very hopeless when we first met him and really struggling with having hope and thinking that he was going to die on the streets this year, this Mm -hmm. winter, actually. It was very hard to enter into, and yeah, we were just there with him, and we asked him, if he had been to the coalition for the homeless, which is on our street route, which Mm -hmm. is very convenient. And he said, no. So we walked with him and within three days, we waited in line with him to get into the coalition. He got housing applications, came to lunch in the park. And within, yeah, three days, just a very quick friendship formed. But honestly, he was very reserved in the beginning and would not really talk too much about his personal life, would only talk about housing or things like that. And over the course of a month, he completely opened up with us and and is still doing so. I saw him today. I love him. (laughs) And Uh yeah, just has shared more about his family. Yeah. Stories about hot chocolate and how long he's loved it. (laughs) And like cars that he's driven, just like very in dreams. Like one of the most special times is when he was talking about dreams he's had since he was 14 years old, just like very different. He's completely regained hope and come back to life in that way. But Along with it, I have seen God so radically answer his hope and provide for him in housing, actually, within wow. within four weeks. It actually is incredible, and I yeah. still have such a deep gratitude and joy. It's actually, I can't even put words to it, because it was about two weeks ago that we saw him, and he was so excited to show us a paper that said he got housing, and he still comes around lunch in the park and we saw him today at another lunch line but it just has been so incredible twofold seeing him open up but then also god provide for him yeah that's an amazingly quick turnaround i know it was literally a miracle i felt (laughs) yeah what a a cool thing to witness that that's awesome and i think for me one of our favorite friends to go visit is mama jerry and Ma- Mama Jerry, we <laughs> love her. <laughs> Mama Jerry has been a friend of Christ in the city for a long time, probably about 10 years. Yeah, a yeah, long shout time. Shout out to our alumni. Yeah, they, shout they out to the alumni know. there. They know and love Mama Jerry. <laughs> but something that has impacted me a lot recently is her willingness to share how she struggles with loving herself. And 
I think it has helped me see where I struggle to love myself as well. And so it was cool. Her and I had a conversation recently about helping each other learn how to love you, like love ourselves. Oh my God. (laughs) Wow. But this woman also is blind and deaf. And (laughs) so you kind of have to yell in her ear when you're trying to tell her you love her and that she is very lovable as a person. So it's so cool to see how like vulnerable she really is with us, not just like emotionally, but also like physically because she can't hear, she can't see, she's in a wheelchair, has a lot of health medical problems, and she just radically trusts us in so many great ways to help her find, like help her get her needs met. Yeah, she really turns to the missionaries and has for the past few years to yeah. even even some of the simple things in life, right? That yeah. it, with, you know, her going blind and her hearing is very quickly deteriorating. It's like the trust she needs in others. And I can't imagine Chaz, your team right now, she's going through that, like continuing to love her. Yeah. And her the transformations that's having on her own heart if she's struggling thinking she's worthy. Yeah. And I think something that I've really recognized in myself is when we leave her apartment, she's usually there by herself and she's, she can't really hear, can't see. And so I just imagine like for being in your little chair for over three hours, not being able to talk to anyone, can't hear anything, can't see anything, the loneliness that she experiences. And we talk about loneliness a lot with our ministry on the streets. And even by having housing doesn't mean you will, you'll stop being lonely. Yeah. I'm sure that's pretty difficult to experience the deep loneliness of, of the homeless. I mean, Mama Jerry's not homeless anymore, but yeah, just even experiencing that. How do you support each other on your team in, in facing like the struggles of the streets? Yeah, it definitely is. A struggle and it hurts a lot, especially when our friends get housing and you realize that's not deepest poverty, you know, the deepest poverty is the loneliness and whether you are now in a motel or in an apartment or on the Mm -hmm. streets or in this community, we can all struggle with the poverty of loneliness. And I think with our street team, some way that I see it is just in our debriefs every day, being very intentional with sharing how we are feeling and being there for one another, receiving one another in that. And also the formators here are really amazing mm-hmm. uh, in that way as well. We have a street team formator that comes to our debriefs and Kendra, we just love her a lot. And she as well can really just be with us in that. I think it's so good that we do go to mass typically right after the streets. Mm. That's usually the first place that I just leave it at the feet of Jesus for mass. Yeah. And coming back to the house then after, I find it to be very helpful to allow almost buffer time between when we debrief to just process it more, um, to think it through whether that yeah, is in community or most of the time for me, it, it can be very interior, maybe just like internal processing. And then we have a time to then later talk about it. Just having that time in between, I think is really good. I think it's very life-giving, but also exhausting because of how the encounters usually go with mm-hmm. our friends on the street. Sometimes they can be really, really tough. And the first thing I'm thinking about is I need to go on a run as soon as I get back to the house mm-hmm. to, ju- <laughs> to just clear my mind, think about different things and to maybe address whatever I experienced yeah. later on in the day yeah. or go work out, maybe go talk to some friends, have some coffee. Like I just, I had to be aware of that real quick that I needed 
just go get what my needs are. It's but yeah, you got to learn how to truly take care of yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Street ministry time, you know, hitting the streets, talking to our homeless friends, meeting new homeless friends, and then mass, and then what do we got next? Lunch. Is that Lunch. What Lunch. Lunch. Internships. <laughs> so yeah. what's the rest of the afternoon look like then? Yeah, every day is different. We have a training that is different each week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done some trainings on nonviolent communication, on discernment, on the Holy Spirit, and study time for our class, which is a part of our intellectual formation. Internships on Mondays and Thursdays, and Fridays are my favorite day of the week, probably, because we have adoration and mass in the afternoon in yeah. the house, which is very nice. Yeah. Yeah, you just listed off a lot of different things, right? People are probably like, wait, there's internships here? What does yeah, that Yeah, what like? just happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for internships, um, what internships are both of you on? Uh, I'm... I have like the worst person yeah, that's whatever. in charge of my internship. It's what? Shayla. Oh, and she tries to tell me what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> actually, it's really cool. We work on a lot of different ways to reach people in the parishes, in the schools, in the community, and truly looking at our outreach and how we can better help the community to truly enter and to see our mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Chaz is on my team of of five rock star missionaries and we get we're the ones that get to like set up the the presentations the community engagements um going to schools parishes so Chaz, big team he's he's on the team he's he's a key player (laughs) stephanie how about you i'm on the applications and hospitality internship which is for missionaries that work a lot with applicants. So I personally call a lot of applicants and talk them through the application process and hospitality side of it is typically guests. So we work on the guest rooms, inviting people into the mission. Again, applicants, when they come to visit, it it entails a lot, but I love it a lot. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, you see right there in your day, it's like the mission of Christ in the city is definitely service to the poor. That's part of the mission statement, but also, you know, the formation of the greater community, you know, through Chaz's team and Stephanie's team. And we also have missionaries on all sorts of other internships, everything from our mission trips to our development to our weekly Costco order to truly all across the board to our accounting Mm -hmm. interns, you know, the ones that you have to be really qualified to do that one. (laughs) It's a well-oiled machine. Well-oiled machine. So many variations in what you can do during your internship. So we have that 6.30 wake up and morning prayer, breakfast, homeless outreach, mass, all sorts of opportunities for ongoing formation and community outreach in the afternoon. And then debriefs in the afternoon after you've had a little time to to rest and think about it and come mm-hmm. together as a team. Do you guys have any time to do anything each day? Um, we have about an hour to an hour and a half in the afternoon between whatever we have for that afternoon to dinner. So Something that I, like I told you guys earlier, I like to run and work out because that is what I need every single day Mm -hmm. or to maybe go rollerblading, just have a blast with and spend intentional time with different members of of our community. So Steph, how about you? Do you nap? I would nap. Actually, Christ in the city has gotten me into napping. So (laughs) I used to never nap. You're not the only one. But yeah, um, otherwise reading is really nice to just spend time alone. I think I find, yeah, rest for me is time alone sometimes Mm -hmm. and I need that. Um, Yeah. 
getting coffee, going to Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. It's different every day. <laughs> I can't really answer. Yeah. No, it's cool to see how like the different missionaries also need to use their free time. Some of them are like, I want to like use this time to exercise, to maybe be with other people, to be more active. And others are like, I need absolute alone time right now. Yeah. And I need to just decompress for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, learning what you need, right? How to take Absolutely. care of yourself. Proper rest, so important for, for you to to keep going. Cause as you said, like this is, it's, it's, that's a lot of active listening on the yeah. streets. You know, that's a lot of active listening and hearing and seeing hard things and great things, you know? Yeah. You guys are both, you know, one's from the Midwest, one's from the East coast, just all over the country. And we even have some missionaries from all over the world. How does such a mix of cultures and different places and different ways you grew up, how does that come together in the community? I think it's beautiful and I often reflect on just the body of Christ and how we are all different parts of one body. And yeah, even just in our backgrounds uh, with where we came from, some people are right out of high school, a lot are out of college, some are in the middle of college, some left jobs or seminary. I think, uh, yeah, it just shows a great beauty that uh, God calls each of us in very unique ways. And yeah, I think we each brings very unique gifts to Christ in the city in this community. Uh, yeah. And just in fun ways too, of like Louisiana, people got me into eating beans and rice and sausage and all <laughs> yeah, this all stuff. The time. <laughs> yeah. And learning to cook new foods and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We all have our own little quirks. Like people from North Dakota like to say bags. Oh, whatever. Yeah, they do. <laughs> okay. If any people of from our Nebraska love our runza, we do. We love our runzas. <laughs> but ultimately though, we all came for the same reason that the Lord brought us here to be united together and to grow and love each other in community. And I think the different quirks actually really complement each other in a unique way that brings out a new side to each and every one of us. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Allows yeah. us to be ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Allow, allows you to be free. Yeah. Yeah. After dinner, different nights of the week look different. So, Chaz, will you tell us a little bit about kind of community night and what that looks like? Yeah, so community night is just a time for all of us to get together to partake in a different activity every single week. And so sometimes we might do a Bob Ross painting night. Oh, nice. (laughs) And we'll drink Kool-Aid, watch the video (laughs) and watch him do an incredible job while some of us are still, you know, drawing the lines. Yeah. Some that are just doing incredible. Yeah. All variations of levels there. (laughs) You really see who the artistic ones are in the group when we do a Bob (laughs) Ross painting night. But then we might, do like watch a movie maybe have like after a long long weekend we might just do a chill hang out with each other or we might spread into different groups and go have ice cream so we go yeah yeah it's really nice how have you seen your relationships with your marrying groups and your street teams and the community change from day one to now I mean I think for me it has changed a lot just because you get to know people like in the littlest things that they do and their little quirks, but then you also see how huge their hearts are. And so on our street route, the way that you see each member on the street or each member on the team love our friends on the street has really like made me see in a deeper way, my own love for our friends on the streets. Mm. And also with Marion group, you get to see what sometimes people are, 
talking about their struggles and what's really going on and what's been really tough. Maybe if the fam, a family situation back home or with a tough day on the streets or maybe just discernment. And it's kind of cool that you get to really be intentional and walk with those guys, at least for me, get to walk with the guys and help them along with whatever they truly need in that. So in those privileged spaces of life, it sounds like you're saying. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's very privileged because it's, it's definitely they're sharing what their heart is truly revealing to them. And it's very beautiful to actually enter into that with them. Yeah. Yeah. So much intentionality. Oh yeah. Totally. Right. And the schedule and everything mm-hmm. you guys just said inside and outside, you know, so much intentionality. And then Chaz, how do we, how do we normally wrap up every day? We usually end the day at nine o'clock at night with night prayer. And so night prayer is another one of the liturgy of the hours, kind of like morning prayer, but the focus is actually on death, (laughs) to be honest. Resurrection in the morning, death at night, Chaz, that makes sense. The (laughs) the church makes sense. The church makes sense. The prayer after night prayer is actually, uh, may the all powerful Lord grant us a restful night and a peaceful death. And so to understand that what if today is my last day, I'm happy with what I actually did today, but ultimately it's for the Lord. Yeah. And I know the Lord was happy with the way I lived out my life for the day. Mm-hmm. And if I don't see the people in the morning, God willing, I hope I'm in heaven, but like right. it, it's to entrust myself over to the Lord in a way that helps me surrender the rest of my evening, but my whole entire day. Yeah. No matter what happened that day. Right. Yeah. We also, before we do night prayer, just end with a Thanksgiving rosary, yeah. which I have never heard of before I came to Christ in the I City. I think Christ in the City may have made it up. I can't confirm <laughs> that, but oh. I think it's a CIC it's thing. It's awesome. like a CIC thing. Yeah, it's basically for every bead of the rosary where we would say Hail Mary, we just thank God for something of that day. Yeah. Do you have days you struggle thinking of things to be thankful for? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> thank you for suffering. <laughs> I, th- I think certain days it can be really tough to actually think about what you are truly thankful for what the Lord did in our lives for the day. And I think that's actually a good thing to wrestle with because I, I think so, like sometimes it's, it's so easy to put that front forward that, Oh my gosh, my life is so joyful. Everything. I'm so thankful for every little thing. And yeah, it gives you a good time to actually examine your day and really think about, wait, what am I thankful for? Wait, I wasn't thankful for anything today. Yeah. <laughs> And I think it's beautiful to hear what other people are thankful for too and almost uniting what you're thankful for with what they are. I find that on days that I'm struggling to be very beautiful. Yeah. What a what an answer. How are you guys just not absolutely exhausted at the end of every day? Or, how, how do you oh, keep I going? Am. What keeps you going? <laughs> yeah. I am exhausted <laughs> after every day. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, I am. How do you not how do you keep from getting burnt out? I mean, we just literally went through such an in-depth schedule of your guys's life and how do you do it grace yeah <laughs> not grace denning the other missionary not the I missionary mean, the, <laughs> the grace from the lord the grace from the lord but honestly it's taking care of yourself mm-hmm. and actually relying on the grace that god gives us because without him we are nothing and we can do nothing without him mm-hmm. and so just taking away any expectations and allowing the lord to do his will is ultimately what's fulfilling. So Yeah, not much room for comfort in that nope. right there, Chess. Not much room for comfort. An image that I usually picture in times that I'm feeling very 
yeah, maybe tired or just like I'm pouring myself out a lot is just like a rag that's being like ringed out. Mm. Do you know what can I, mm-hmm. if you can picture yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's how I feel at the end of a lot of days. But I think it's really beautiful to like let Jesus in a sense like revive you and yeah. uh yeah, refill you for each day. And that's what I want to feel like. I want to feel like I'm being completely poured out, you know, for the sake of uh his people and this community. Going to bed exhausted, knowing you gave everything you could that day. Totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. Amazing, well, guys. I love that visual, Stephanie. That's so good. Thank you guys so much. You're amazing. And it's it's very awesome to see the way that you give have given your life to to Christ through through Christ in the city and through being here with us. So thank, thank you. Thank so you so much for letting us into the privileged space of your daily schedule as well as yeah some of your reflections on the streets on community life on being here that's no small thing and i truly am grateful you guys were willing to open up about that and yeah just be honest right this yeah bring this program seems to bring out honesty real quick in you guys oh, and yeah. it shows that so well <laughs> this life is hard but it is so beautiful and it really does feel like a dream every day yeah. i'm being serious well, <laughs> it does well if that doesn't make any of our listeners want to be a missionary. I don't, I don't know what will. And yeah. If, right. And if you do, then you might just get to talk to Stephanie in the application process. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. If you are interested in living this missionary life, if you are interested in getting a peek into this intentional lifestyle of being a missionary to the homeless, as well as just living in community, you can apply to Christ in the city and become a part of this program in a few ways. One is our summer service program where we will go for three weeks all over the country to different locations and serve the poor. And also applications are open for our year of service where you can do what Chaz and Stephanie are doing daily. Feel free to apply on our website, www.christinthecity.org. If you have any questions at all, feel free to reach out. And if you know anyone who's considering it, just encourage them. The application process is so wonderful as we help guide people to see what the Lord has next for their life. Well, thank you to all of our listeners today for following along with this day in the life of our missionaries. It's a crazy one, but it's an amazing one. And so, yeah, we are excited to be with you in a couple weeks from now. God bless.